Hello and welcome to IOSH Magazine's podcast series. These podcasts will feature exclusive interviews with industry experts, behind-the-scenes discussions with members, and conversations with future leaders of the health and safety profession. In this episode, I speak to immediate past president of IOSH, Louise Hosking, to reflect on her year as president. Louise tells me about the highlights, the benefits of volunteering, who inspires her, and what she plans to do next. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for joining the IOSH Magazine podcast today. How are you? Ellie, it is great to be here. Thank you for having me. So you recently completed your 12-month term as the 55th IOSH president. Can you tell me a bit more about your year as president and what were the highlights? Um, wow, wow, what a year I've had. Um, my good friend, Kathy Seabrick, who was president of ASSP, said that I would be drinking from a fire hose and she wasn't wrong. <laughs> so so it's it's definitely been very full on. Um the, so the role of president is is really split into two. So we have the um outward facing ambassadorial um part of the role um, and the chair of council which goes alongside that is very much an important governance role mm-hmm. um, now the effect of the pandemic you know it certainly has affected how we ap- approach this role um, and certainly at the start of my term um, up until March we were still very much online and and just getting sort of back out and about much more tentatively which I did between March and June um, so but but the upside of that meant that I could very much focus on that governance side. Um, I think in terms of highlight, um, from the ambassadorial perspective, it's always going to be about meeting our members at events and branches and groups and so on. Um, but I think a key highlight is probably going to be in respect of um, the work that I was able to support um, for IOSH in its connection with the Commonwealth. Um, so I went to the Commonwealth Memorial Service back in March um, and I also flew out to um, Chogham in Rwanda in June oh. where I addressed the Women's Forum in Rwanda. And that was that was li- literally something like the, the week after the ILO had announced um, a safe and a healthy work environment was being made a fundamental right and principle of work. Um, and there were all sorts of, of dignitaries. There were human rights people there. Um, and I was able to speak to politicians about this who hadn't necessarily um, sort of known about that that particular change um and so it kind of put you know I was there as in terms of that yeah I was there for IOSH but it was very much there for the much broader profession as well um so so that has got to be a highlight and um hopefully that will be something that we continue to to build on in the coming um coming years um I think in terms of the governance role um you know for me that's that's been a really, you know, it was definitely something that uh, that I was elected on. I said that I was going to concentrate on governance. Um, as, you know, coming into the presidential team, you have a role on council. Um, and I very much, you know, from 
becoming a vice president, I very much sort of sat back and watched how the whole thing operated. Um, and I was very keen during my term um, to, to, to look at how we can enhance the effectiveness of council um, because that's where representatives of the membership sit. Yeah. Um, so if we can make council effective um, and you know help you know create a structure that allows them um, to me communicate what they feel are the priorities, um, that for me was was a key part of my term. So you know we we looked at council, we restructured it so that um, we've created. Um, work streams which are very structured um, and mean that we're actually discharging all of council's duties so um, I talk about um, hindsight um, foresight and oversight so it's kind of balancing those different aspects so we're not just saying what we don't like we're actually being proactive and saying this is where we think things should be going Um, and a key part of that was creating much closer links with the board as well. So council's relationship has always been with the board, um, but in exactly the same way as we're saying to OSH professionals, you know, we need to get in the boardroom. Um, that's fine, but it has to be, there's a way of communicating and, and working more closely. Um, so I've worked very closely with um, Peter Bonfield as the chair of the board of trustees and um he designated some key trustees that we've definitely that we've linked up with where we're creating very much more of a closer working relationship i mean we still have different roles to play so um you know we have to um cons- consider those different roles but in actually working more collaboratively um between council and the board it means that those you know priorities those issues that members feel are most important um for IOSH for the membership and for the broader profession are being heard at the very highest levels in a way that's going to land which is the important aspect definitely so would you say that becoming IOSH president was your proudest achievement during your career it's like wow (laughs) (laughs) it's not something that I kind of expected would happen to me (laughs) Um, and do you know something I've thought about this question? Um, you know, of course, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, you know, I've, I was elected by my peers to be their representative. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm literally only weeks out of yeah. handing over the presidency to, to Lawrence. I think... You know, once you know, I'm I'm having a break over Christmas, and I think once I come back in the new year, I'll probably be much more reflective about what I've achieved because um, I've I've very much been you know going full belt at it. Um, but you know, in terms of proudest moments across my career, absolutely yes. Um, but I would also say another proud moment for me. Um, was just getting off the starting blocks in respect of, of my career. Um, so, you know, I, I come from, um, I was the first person in my extended family to go to university. 
um, and I studied environmental health and just to get to that point and get through that and then to actually get my first roles in environmental health um, took a lot of effort and um, you know it wasn't something that I envisaged that I would be doing I didn't even envisage that I would go to university so um, my other proudest moment is yeah. actually starting in the first place that's too. very reflective as well isn't it yeah and yeah. you know I'm really proud of the work that I you know I'm I had my the first 10 years of my career I worked in some incredible environments that gave me amazing opportunities and I worked for I had really inspiring um line managers actually um and you know I often say to people you know those first 10 years of your career um if you can establish a really strong foundation and massively important so so the short answer is yes of course it's what my proudest moment but my second proudest moment is just getting off the starting blocks too what motivates you to get involved with volunteering opportunities because it's a lot of work isn't it oh yeah huge (laughs) (laughs) um you know, I, I was talking to somebody about this last week and, um, you know, so often, you know, we hear these stories of, you know, well, what's IOSH doing for me? Um, and my response to that is, you know something, the more that you put in, the yeah. more that you get out. And, um, you know, becoming the president is probably... Um, I don't know if there's a volunteer role that is quite so time consuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but, you know, it's the ultimate in, you know, I've, I was practically full time towards yeah. the end of the last quarter um, of, of my term. And, but in return, it's given me a huge amount back. So it gives you what you put in. Um, you know, I had reached that, the, you know, I became a volunteer because I'd reached that point in my career where, you know, I felt it was important for me to start giving back. Um, there's such a huge breadth of volunteer opportunities across IOSH. Um, and you really do learn the skills that you probably won't naturally learn in your workplace and all of those skills are transferable um and i i you know what's so gr- been so great about my role as president and and actually other ro- volunteer roles that i've had is that i've seen other people becoming inspired and grow and develop and 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 that for me is one of my the reasons why I do what I do (laughs) um so from sort of leading events to interviewing people um to to learning about governance I think is hugely important for our profession Mm. um and I've been you know certainly on council we've got such a broad um range of different um Osh professionals all doing different things um but it it's great when you you know I've I've 
worked with people that have been in the profession for longer than me but they come into council and they start learning about governance and it's like a a light bulb moment goes on um and you know i've had stories people coming back to me and saying you know this work that we've been doing in council particularly with the restructure has meant that they're able to communicate at the highest levels within their organizations in a way that they couldn't before and it, um, might, it might not necessarily be the skills that they knew were missing absolutely yeah it's one of those unknown unknowns yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and it's you know for me you know I mean outside of IOSH I'm a business owner which gives you a really broad perspective anyway um but I've been truly inspired by the changes that I've seen in individuals that have been working alongside me as well um and so why wouldn't you get involved in something like that <laughs> that leads me on to my next question um so how do you think being the IOSH president has raised your profile within the profession and it sounds like you would recommend it to other members yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I I know that in some way, you know, I have I've put my all into it because it wasn't something that you know. If, if you'd have said to me, um, even sort of, <laughs> you know, before I became vice president, this would happen, I wouldn't have expected it. Um, I've actually been clearing out my office recently because it needs to clear out. And I found the letter from um, when I joined as an IOSH president, as, as an as an IOSH member back in 1999. Wow. Um, and the letter said, you know, we wish you a long and illustrious career um, in IOSH. And becoming president was was never something on my agenda. Certainly back then, it wasn't something that I expected to do. Um, but I th- so I think even. As president, it is about your self-motivation as well. So I've been very keen to um, demystify the role of the president, mm-hmm. I think. And so I've each month I put an update on LinkedIn to let yeah, people you've been know very, what I'm very doing. very open and accessible, haven't you? Yeah, well, I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I've, we've done the regular updates, the president's updates, which have been great um if i uh, that accessibility was something that was really important to me um so you know if somebody messaged me i always message back um and in terms of of my role and how that you know because the question was you know how has it raised my personal profile um for me in this profession there is so much work to do you know the the statistics and the data you know just we have so much work to do um and for me we need to come together and all of those organizations individuals professionals around the world that are doing the same thing as us we all need to you know work together Mm. um and i think in terms of what the pandemic has done you know it's opened up opportunities for us to network and connect in ways that we hadn't before um so for me um personally it has been about 
building up those networks and joining the dots um, and being a conduit, if you like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. But for bringing different people together. So from a personal perspective, I mean, my network has exploded. Um, And I I was really pleased to be nominated to be, you know, as a, you know, an influential person in in 2022 as well by SHP magazine. So, um, you know, that is, for me, that that's, you know, is testament of of we are certainly stronger together yeah Yeah. i mean we don't go out to do it for me it's not about my i've never gone into it with a personal perception of what it would do for me because it's always been about you know my profession yeah I, i i'm a first career health and safety professional so ultimately i'm driven by how can how can we save lives? How can we make sure people are healthy at work? Um, and that's why I—that's what motivates me. So the theme for your presidential term was people's sustainability and putting hearts into health and safety, which obviously culminated in the Catch the Wave initiative. Um, how successful do you think that's been? Well, again, I—you know, son, this is a bit. You know, my term in some ways has been a real gateway term. So, you know, I've talked about the changes that we made in governance um, and in council. And, you know, that was a tough year restructuring. Um, And it's something that's actually the effects of that are going to be something that that kind of pan out over the forthcoming years, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So Lawrence and I talked about it, you know, Lawrence talks about building a sausage machine and he's going to be actually delivering on the sausages going <laughs> forward. Um, and, and I think in terms of Catch the Wave, Catch the Wave is is um, very much a similar approach. So for me, social sustainability um, and it is was an important part of my term and an important part of um, it's an area that I have a particular passion yeah. in. So, you know, having done this job for such a long time, being used to going into a range of different organisations and seeing how they improve as a result of focusing on health and safety, um, I see it, but how do we articulate that in a way that's going to demonstrate to business that we add value. So for me, Catch the Wave, you know, is been very much something that I'm delighted. That was the theme that ran a- alongside um, the work that I was doing. Um, for me, it's starting the debate. So it's just getting moving. Um, and it is about articulating a different approach. It's about being forward looking. Um, and it, it, aligned beautifully with the themes of my presidency which was all around um modern leadership skills so moving away from hero transactional style management through to enabling and empowering styles of leadership where we you know we take people with us and we create trust within our organizations so um so yeah, I, I think catch the wave is just beginning, and it's going to be, you know, that will evolve and 
you know, I hope that we'll be able to help and support our professionals around the world to articulate a different approach to, to what we bring. So obviously you're the immediate past president and you've handed over the reins to Lawrence Webb last month. Um, one of Lawrence's themes for the coming year continues one of your themes, which mm-hmm. was diversity. Yeah. Um, now you were the only you were only the seventh female president in the 70-year history of IOSH. Um, and I remember I personally worked with you on the video. Um, you did a lot of work to champion women in the industry during your term. And you're also director of the One Wish uh, Coalition, yeah. um, a social enterprise supporting women and in inclusion in safety and health. So how important do you believe diversity is in health and safety? So it's it's hugely important. And we know from statistics that, you know, statistically, um, women are underrepresented in respect of um, leadership roles across the profession. Um, and we also know that statistically, um, there are fewer women at chartership level and fellowship level um and that's you know that's for very practical reasons that you know women you know coming into the profession at that point when they're you know you know early 30s looking to move into their first leadership roles you know inevitably they're they're you know starting families and that can disrupt their careers um so you know, in terms of what we can do, this diversity is so important. We need to be reflective of a modern workplace. So, um, you know, we all bring different skills, different approaches. And it's when we harness that, those differences um, in the right kind of way, um, that's hugely powerful. It's part of what, what I've been trying to walk the talk of in respect of council. So if we can move away from control and, you know, individuals feeling they have the monopoly on wisdom because nobody has the monopoly on wisdom um, and actually really harness that diversity, we start to create a new way of looking things. Um, And I think in terms of, you know, we talk about masculine and feminine traits, but actually men can have feminine traits and women can have masculine traits um but it's those kind of traits of of empathy and care um that you know is going to see our profession forward that are hugely important so i think having people whoever they are with with those kind of more feminine traits and and you know I don't like calling them soft skills they're power skills mm-hmm. um is certainly going to harness you know the is is going to really enhance our profession um but in order to get there we've got to we've got to help and support women um and men and and, and create Env- working environments that are more conducive to navigating that with a family life with caring responsibilities um and and we need to you know we it, it's about how we communicate and talk to one another so certainly at one wish what we're doing is we're we're kind of shining a spotlight on it and saying we need to have these really difficult conversations um but also um, helping and supporting underrepresented groups um, to have a voice and be visible 
because I think we kind of get used to seeing the same kind of people on up on the stage all the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's getting out there. It's applying for the job that you maybe didn't think you could get. When I applied to become vice president, I never dreamed I'd get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's understanding that you are good enough. Yeah. Um, is actively being visible. Um connected those role models as well yeah absolutely I mean I've I've been very conscious that you know I've been a role model um over the last year um and the work that we've undertaken within One Wish across the year I mean some of the women that have come on the programs that we've developed have gone on to get the most incredible and amazing jobs which is you know it's been the turnaround has been really um it's been tangible yeah um but I'm very keen in talking you know this isn't a women women's issue it's an organizational issue um and there are for me it's you know what can we do to help everybody with more flexible approaches to working um, with, you know, it's not just about supporting and helping women. It's about, you know, being, creating working environments that are good for everybody. Um, You kind of covered the next couple of questions I had around um, female health and safety professionals progressing and promoting chartership among Mm -hmm. female professionals because you touched on earlier the fact that there's not so many female chartered members or fellows um, within the organization Um, so moving on what do you think are some of the major challenges in the OSH industry currently? Um, I think the very real challenges that we've got um, are we need to be realistic about where we kind of fit in in terms of (laughs) you know what's going on in the world at the moment on on a on a bigger scale so certainly you know our business leaders um have hugely conflicting priorities um so you know which you see played out in boardrooms mm. you know around the world so i think in terms of challenges it's the challenge for us is how we articulate you know going back to this catch the wave approach how can we articulate that what we do brings value you know how how can we approach our roles in a manner that helps businesses to be better businesses better places to work um and and that's the challenge for us because currently you know i mean we talk about social sustainability and I think the average person on the street, if you talk to them about sustainability, they think of climate change, which is, is hugely important. Um, But what we're articulating with catch the wave is by putting our people first, they're going to solve these really complex, difficult problems. Um, So the challenge for us is going to be harnessing where we are now, because, you know, we had doors opening to us left right and center um and it's keeping that conversation going in a manner that lands at the highest levels within our organizations i think you articulated that very well (laughs) (laughs) 
So how do you see the profession progressing in the next five years? So um, I genuinely believe um, we've gone through a massive transformation. Um, You know, nothing is down to one element. It's always, you know, changes are always due to to different aspects coming in at at these things. Um, But I think that if we can um, really promote value over the value that we bring over compliance Mm. um we will definitely see a very different approach to what we're doing um i strongly believe that i governments are not going to be um necessarily introducing large swathes of additional you know, um, requirements in respect of all of this. I think we'll see um, new requirements in respect of wellness and stress come through. Um, But again, governments around the world have got very different priorities as well. Um, So I certainly think over the next five years, we're going to see the largest organisations around the world you know, they now understand it's really important. If we think about ESGs, environmental, social and governance, um, governance is growing, you know, in importance. Um, the investment community wants to invest with organisations that have strong governance and health and safety is absolutely part of that. Um, so I think that we're going to see, again, this is down to us, our yeah. members, our profession, to really articulate that language in the right way. Um, Think about the UN sustainability goals, um, you know, safe and healthy work work environment being a fundamental right and principle of work. Um, I think those largest organisations are going to play a really key part um, because they have significant supply chains and they realised across the pandemic just how much they relied on those supply chains. So where you've got much smaller organisations within your supply chain, you know, it's not a question of um, these large corporate identities telling them what to do. They need to support them and, you know, fundamentally um, invest in their infrastructures and invest in their supply chain. So their supply chains have the resources to do all of these things as well. Um, so I I see over the next five years um, there being very much a switch from um, you know legislative standards through to these larger organisations and investment communities saying you know governance is important, health and safety is part of good governance, yeah. um, and I think that will start to. Um, drive a change and I I think I'm not going to get into politics but (laughs) politics switches and I I think that we will I and I hope we will see a switch to a different approach and a different way of doing business that is much more ethically driven um so so that's where we need to harness ourselves are there there any past presidents you particularly looked up to um and took inspiration from or even advice 
Uh, th- do you know what? This is such a wow question. Um, and nobody's asked me this question, Kelly, before. Um, <clears throat> this, you know, something is, I yes, in short, I have taken advice from quite a few presidents. Um, I think every president brings their particular take on this role and which, you know, evolves the following president. Um, so, so this year, um, I was able to, and I had to go virtually because I caught COVID in the summer. Um, Ray Hurst, um, who's a past president of IOSH, um, retired this year, and Ray signed my charter certificate. Oh, wow! Um, and at his um, retirement, I actually he's the kind of person who asked the right question at the right time. Um, and so he he's certainly supported me. Um, Karen McDonnell um, actually stepped down as immediate past president as I became a vice mm-hmm. president. Um, but her and I speak on a very regular basis. So so I've, she's absolutely supported me. Um, Graham Parker was immediate past president when I became a vice president. Yeah. And um, I saw him very recently and I actually said to him in becoming immediate past president as I am at the moment I always think of Graham as being the IPP so um Graham was great Craig um Craig Foyle. was Craig Foyle yeah. um was the first president I served under as a vice president and I think for me, where Craig was um, important, so Craig brought in changes that got the vice presidents much more involved than perhaps yeah. they were before. And Craig introduced a significant restructure in governance during his term. Um, and I see the work that I've done very much implementing the structure that he he kind of oversaw and created. Um, so that's how Craig has kind of linked into the things that I've done. And, and certainly we've spoken, I saw him this week as well, actually, <laughs> last week. Um, Vincent extended our engagement, of course, around the world yeah. and particularly in Asia. Um, I think what I learned from Andrew is he's incredibly charismatic and engaging speaker. Um, and Jimmy, of course, really engaged the membership. Mm. So, you know, th- those are just a few of the past presidents that um, have influenced me. But, you know, in short, we all bring something different. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I think all of the president, past presidents have been very accessible. And, you know, if I felt like I've needed to pick up the phone, I have. Mm. Great. I think that's what works really well within um the IOSH presidency structure, the fact that you're, you've got a team of vice presidents, you've got your president elect, mm-hmm. your president, your immediate past president, you've got that, those few years where you all really, really work together, which leads me on to my final question. Um, obviously, you handed over the reins to Lawrence recently. Um, how do you work together? Uh, do you work well together? And what are your plans um, for your immediate past presidency term? Yeah, so um, I, you know, part of, again, part of my sort of overall plan as as being president is that I wanted to work really closely with Lawrence all the way through. Um, And 
you know, to go back to some of the previous comments, being the president isn't just, it's a team. Mm. You know, I might be the person speaking, coming on to podcasts, standing up on stage, being chair of council, but there's a whole team of people that go, go on behind that. And so um, there's been very, there are occasions where I've had to make tough choices and tough decisions, um, but I've made those decisions um, after speaking to people that I trust yeah. um, and people that have different perspectives and different views. And I think working alongside Lawrence has been hugely important. Um, and really early on, somebody that I trust actually said to me, you know, make sure that you have regular meetings. So across my term as president, Lawrence and I had two calls a week for an hour. Wow. Um, almost every single week without fail. We very rarely missed any. Um, I was able to also co-opt some members um, to council for my year who supported me. So Kizzy Augustine, Peter Kelly, Crystal Danbury, who are all well-known in, in the industry. Um, and combined with that, they they were a huge support for my year. Um, and so... You know, I like to think that I've, um, you know, as president, I, I always had a eye to what Lawrence would need mm. and the tools that he might need to develop and um, move forward with when he became president. So it was very much about, you know, how can I take Lawrence on the same journey as me? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, now I've handed over the reins to him it's it's a weird feeling when that happens because I've gone from drinking from a firehouse to not drinking from a firehouse very quickly um but I feel that you know particularly the work that I've done in council is in very safe hands um and Lawrence and alongside him is Stuart now doing the same having the same kind of approach um Lawrence and I still talk for an hour once a week, but it is, you know, that's reduced and it probably will reduce across my year mm -hmm. as immediate past president. Um, and I'm there now for him to support him. So yeah. it's, it's a switch of roles. Um, and I'm there very much as a critical friend um, in terms of what I'm going to be doing as part of the role. Um, I'm going to be, I've got some governance pieces that need to be finished. So I'm going to finish those pieces off. Um, and within the council structure that we created, we created a capability frame to help and support council members to be better council members. So I'm very much part of that and part of the effectiveness um, steering group within council. Um, and of course, I will be supporting um, ambassadorial duties where needed. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, it's it's a, already a lot less work yeah. than being president. <laughs> that sounds like quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of you know being president elect, you kind of build up to it. Yeah. Then you've got the president role, and actually. You know, Lawrence and I were talking about this um, before is that I've probably been working on the handover to him for the last six months and then it kind of wraps up in the final quarter. Um, but 
going back to you know thinking about highlights I have to say working with Lawrence has been one of my highlights because I think and I think you know I, I think we've worked really well together we didn't know each other that well before um but yeah I'm gonna miss him but <laughs> well, Irish is definitely in safe hands absolutely I mean he's going to have an incredible year um, and a lot of the you know my years in some you know as I mentioned about building foundations and um, you know I concentrated a lot on process and structure mm. and so he's now going to be able to use that structure um, and I think we'll see some some really great things come through in his term. Well, thank you very, very much for all the hard work you've done over the last year and what you'll continue to do this year. And thanks again for being on the podcast today. Yeah, it's great to have been here. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Louise. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next month for another conversation on all things health and safety.